Welcome to the BeyondTheBaselines.com podcast, coming to you from Vero Beach, Florida, and Marion, Massachusetts. Hosted by Ed Chenefee, this is the podcast that researches and investigates the club management and facilities side of our business. If you're going to be on the court, you might as well win, says one of the leading coaches and directors of tennis in the country. The Beyond the Baselines podcast will be live at the PGA Conference next month and live at the CMAA Conference in March out there in Las Vegas, and again live at Racket X down there in Miami in late March. But we start with live at the PGA Resort right here in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, and here at the hub of the Little Mo Junior Tennis Tournament with this podcast. Our guest is known to his intimates as the Van Man, Alan Van Ostrand. Hello, and welcome to the BeyondTheBaselines.com podcast. I'm Ed Shanafee, and each time we take to the air, it's a pleasure to bring you the news and the views of the private members club and hospitality industries. As a director, he, he says he commands respect by the job that he does, not by his racket. In fact, for seven years, he never played in front of his membership until this past summer at the club where he serves as director of rackets, Huntington Crescent, up there on the north shore of Long Island. He takes pride in his tennis game, but he might take even more pride in how he manages his department and how he is part of the fabric of the club and a part of his membership. Alan has been a director of tennis for over 30 years, having served loyally at the club where he grew up and where his father was also director, Southward Ho, there on the South Shore of Long Island. Alan feels that expectations have changed in the private members club industry over 30 years, both for the staff and for membership. Membership wants more, whether it's in regard to the new racket sports like pickle, pickleball and Pidel, or simply in terms of service levels. Transparency in dealing with professionals is key. Managing your staff's expectations, their revenues, their work, it all helps in the long run through a season or a year-round program. No day, he says, is the same in the country club business. Programming can be the same and membership doesn't change too fast, but every day throws up different challenges. Finally, Alan takes us through the real reason he's in this business. He left Wall Street and big prospects, basically for his love of tennis and coaching, when Patrick McEnroe asked him to be his coach on tour. Not only did their friendship grow, but their love of the sport, the people, and the game, it all grew together. Patrick took his love to the captaincy of the Davis Cup team and TV commentary. Van took his to his beloved country club. The rest, well, as they say, it's history. Please visit us at either the PGA Conference in Orlando in January, the CMAA Conference in Las Vegas in March, or Racket X down there in Miami in late March. Our team will be there to meet, advise, and discuss all that you'd like. Please feel free to reach out to us too at consultants at beyondthebaselines.com or you can find me on Instagram at Consultant. This was live in the busy lobby of a bustling resort, the PGA, and I apologize about some of the background noise. Even though our technical team set up some great mics to cut down the noise, we still had some conversations go on nearby. But Van is a great guest. So now, the artiste who is coached on the ATP Tour but loves teaching beginners best, and who is taught from the Gulfstream waters of Jupiter Island Club to the shores looking over Long Island Sound and Northport Bay at Huntington Crescent. Here's the Van Man, Alan Van Nostrand. PGA National Resort with uh, my one of my best friends in the business, Alan Van Nostrand. How are you? Great to see you. 
I'm doing really well, Ed. Thanks for asking and thanks for having me. Oh, no, no problems. We're down here uh, live at the uh, in the lobby because it's the week of the Little Mo. Mm. Those in the tennis industry know the Little Mo Tennis Tournament. Coco Golf is a huge sponsor. I just saw our picture as I registered my daughter. Your your kids both, did they both play? Yeah, they both played. And uh, and it, it's it's truly a, a, an international event, which makes it so special in regards to you know, junior tennis in the States, uh, people come from far and abroad and they're, they're very, very, very good, serious young tennis players at this event. So the exposure for everyone is really nice. And the camaraderie, they, in this building, in fact, they had a huge party. They would have the party here and the kids would just be running around. It was, it was, it was really, really uh fun event for the kids uh, yeah i mean i just saw i just read, went to registration and uh it's probably three four hundred kids there you know every division um they get the merch they've got the you know they got the hair ties they get the wristband and they're at nine different venues my daughter's playing down in Boise beach which is a good 35 minutes away wow yeah no, that's a little bit of a change because they used to focus and concentrate it all around here they use ballon they use this they use east point the two or three years that my kids played but what I really love about it is watching young kids strike the ball properly in regards to good techniques so that this great game of tennis can be their oyster and they can do what they want with it because technique is really important. And you can see the hard work that they've put into a lot of these kids that are here at this tournament specifically. And and, and it's, just, it's exciting to watch. Hey, you know, speaking of that, you just told me you're playing a lot, but what got you into teaching? I mean, because you just said I love watching the kids. I love watching the technique. What was the first thing that got you into teaching? Well, I mean, both my parents are school teachers. In fact, I grew up at South Hill Country Club. Uh, I'd say it was my first job when I was 10 years old, maintaining the courts. And my father was a director there for 55 years. And uh, I watched my father uh, really, uh, really enjoy his job. Uh, uh, as a young adult, I'll tell you a funny quick one that uh, I used to say to everybody. I would say, I, I'm never going to be a tennis pro and I'm never going to live on Long Island. And that, that, that's the 20 year old speaking. <laughs> like me when I said I was never going to get married and I've never had kids. <laughs> <laughs> Things change for the better. And yeah. uh, tennis has been a great opportunity for uh, my entire family in so many ways. Um, but uh, uh, teaching, I got into teaching because it's rewarding to watch skills develop. And tennis is such a skill-laden endeavor that, that is that just, you know, basically you do it or you don't do it. You succeed and fail and everything just is very clear. And so to help somebody go through that process of, you know, starting, I, I, beginners are my favorite to teach. I mean, because there's a clean slate there and you can really... Uh, get into the mental and physical right away in regards to the way that they that is the best to look at it to start to move up the ladder. You know, as as you see, it's a it's a pecking order, yeah, to say the least. And skills skills talk, and and, and so I really enjoy uh, teaching skill sets, uh, coping mechanisms uh, that they need to have on the court. Um, who is your favorite? I mean, I, I know because you brought him to Ocean. Let me to explain to the podcast listener. Alan and I worked together at Ocean Trail in Jupiter for a few years. He's still banging some balls with some students there. But what I wanted to ask you, who, I know you, you teach Patrick McEnroe a little bit, his hitting partner. Uh, you were on his podcast about six months ago. You told you know you said you were going to get him better. Uh, who is your favorite pupil? Is it Patrick or is it somebody? A no, no, Patrick. 
Patrick was uh, was was incredible to work with. I mean, a consummate professional. Uh, taught me so much about the big time game. Um, and and what it really taught me, the exposure that I got with Pat, is that the game doesn't change from a beginner to the best player in the world. The the for lack of a better word, the trauma that will will occur. <laughs> it's, <yeah. laughs> it's going is the same for everybody. So so it. it what what I found is that they that uh, the pros and and the lower levels it, it it it's a game that treats everybody equal. It's a very equitable endeavor, uh, where where it's fair. It's the fairest fight you'll ever have. But uh, uh, you know, I got to know. I was lucky enough when I helped Patrick. I got to know John pretty well as well. And uh, and 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 then people who like confrontation, but a civilized confrontation, which is the gentleman's game that it was originally always to be um which you know, has had its moments of ups and downs in regards in the public sphere as well as at the recreational level um because it's so competitive that people can bring out the worst and best in people um but what i found is is that uh, you know if you want to win it's a it's an incredible game and with john and patrick and all the way down if you're going to be on that court i say to my pupils all the time you might as well win <laughs> that's a good one i mean we're gonna i mean, I really miss john this year he, he only got he, he he was he had covid i think during the u.s open so he didn't really uh um, at the end, he, so much. He, at the end he got yeah. on right but i mean those two guys on, on tv are, are i mean they brought tennis dynamic into duo. the house into the whole into the homestead through their commentary well, you know, I mean, tennis is lucky enough to have a popularity that is so grand in regards to its international reach. Um, but uh, John and Patrick complement each other in a way that is special, like you were just referring to. I think that they 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 do a tremendous job. At, uh, at, 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 at you know, it's not about the X's and O's. They bring personality to commentary, and, which is really important. And uh, John is John's John, and 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 Patrick is no slouch when it comes. To, I mean, actually, I've Patrick is is really really been extending his brand into uh, ideas of uh, not just tennis. He was always interested in in sports, and 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 he, he's a very very talented, versatile uh, broadcaster slash entertainer, which is a little bit what you have to be. Um, so it's not about the X and X's and O's only. It's it's also about like uh, their chemistry. You 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 as you said, you grew up with your dad, watched him teach tennis. You said to yourself, "I'm never going to teach tennis. I'm never going to be on Long Island, right?" And here you are, director of tennis at Huntington Crescent. Take us through a day there. How many courts? I know you have grass, you have clay. You've got to really know when you can play on grass, when you can play on the clay. I, I, you just mentioned to me before we went on air that you've got four pickleball courts coming in, so you, you, you've got that uh, on, on the side. Take me through a day in the life of a Van as director of tennis at Huntington Crescent. Well, one of the things that's great about being a director of tennis, I've been doing it for 30 years now, and I've been 30 years a director of tennis at a golf tennis country club. I've been at three clubs over those 30 years, and I'm in my seventh year at the Crescent Club, and then and what I really love about these things is that they, no day is the same, yet you have programming that is the same. You have lessons that may be the same. 
but every day just presents something new to solve. You have an event every day. Like, do you have a clinic every day? Do you have cardio tennis every day? So you, you have an offering every day. Multiples. And I know from talking to you on our trips when we drive north, we spend a lot of time talking on the phone. You ask me some questions. I ask you questions. I find your program really interesting because you have these big clinics with like nine pros and you've got to fork them in, pitch them out, get them. How do you man, how do you get that manpower to move so majestically? Well, it's, I'm fortunate that, that, that I, uh, to lead into probably what we, another question you're probably going to ask is, is how do I lay expectations out for my staff? Right. I, I, I'm very, very transparent in regards to this is what we got to do. This is what you're going to get paid. And, and and so I try to develop relationships where most importantly, the pro is the level that I need. I know that, and but they want to be there. Right. It's probably the most important thing that I make it also not only fun for the membership, not only a, a great experience for the membership. I make it a great experience for my pros and, and, and it does cost me. I mean, I, I pay handsomely um, and that is certainly a big part of it. I like to think that they're having a great time, <laughs> but, but the reality, this, this generation, it's a tough one. I mean, they're not quite like us back in the day. They, they, they look for the, 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 the if they're on court, they're getting paid. There's, there's not a lot of extra free time trying to get extra lessons in there. Yeah. We, we, I used to say to my, and I say to my son still, though, be that extra guy that goes that extra yard that puts in that, that extra time and stuff like that. But, but depending upon whether they think they've got you over a barrel or not, which is their case often with me, because I need on a Saturday morning, I need five or six persons. And, and and just in that morning, and then they, for they, two hours, yeah, and for two hours, and then they got it, then they got to make up their own uh, lesson well, book, right? Yeah, there there is a there is a society, but I've got also you know I've got a pecking order of of about four or five pros that get first shot at it. I'm lucky enough to live in Long Island, high concentration of 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 on the North Shore and on Long Island in general. There's a high concentration of pros, and so so I've got I've got a group to pull from, but I'm always looking. Always looking for that one or two or three that that, that want to that fits their schedule. It, it has a lot to do with you know kind of putting pieces together. Okay, guys, you hear that, gals and guys out there? A van might need a couple, two or three pros this summer. So. <laughs> Definitely, please, <laughs> Alan dot van Nostrand at gmail dot com. Um, okay, now that we know where to find you, man. <laughs> Beyond the Baselines is the leading executive search firm for private members clubs and boutique resorts. From the kitchens to the courts, the practice tees to the waterfront, Beyond the Baselines is your partner to find the best in-class employees for your club, facility, or resort. Whether you are a member-owned club or a corporate hotel entity, we are the specialists for you in elite hospitality. It's not just the members that should feel loyalty to their club. It's the sense of loyalty combined with the pride of offering superior service and hospitality in every worker that makes a good club that much better. So find that right candidate with us today. Call us today at 508-538-1288. That's 508-538-1288. Or visit us on the web at beyondthebaselines.com. Hey, you know, you worked, I've worked with you at Ocean uh, Trails. We worked uh, at Jupiter Island Club. You've been at some of the most elite clubs around up and down the East Coast. Anything that you found 
different when you got to Huntington Crescent. You'd been somewhere for a long time, uh, Southbridge Hope, uh, right? And then you moved. What was different? I mean, there's always a couple of things. Can you give me one? Well, every club has a personality. Right. You know, and they've got a personality based on traditions. They've got a personality based on present management. They've got a personality based on boards. Yep. So 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 you you've got to be ready to work with everybody. Like we're introducing some stuff this year and I'm like, I don't care what you do. I'm going to work with it. And that's really the flexibility as a director of tennis. I think that one of the more important things, I mean, not that you this just doesn't answer your question right away, but no, is to be flexible in regards to what makes my job interesting is, is that I'm I'm handling situations, positive and negative daily that right. that, that are different. They, you know, and, right. and, and with different personalities. And, right. and so not only do you deal with your membership, different personalities, I'm, I feel my strength is catering to the desires and wants, because what I found that changed in my 30 years being in the business is, is that what people are really looking to get out of the game is very personal. It's gotten more personal. Very personal. So, so you better understand what they're looking for, whether it's tennis, pickles, you Brass, better, clay, yeah, you better cardio, so, private instruction. So in a weird way, you get to know the profile, the tennis profile, or the workout profile, whatever they're looking to get. You have to kind of get to know them a little bit in that regard. And I'm not saying we're going out and having drinks, but we are. But I know you. Right. I know you a little bit, and 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 my job is to kind of get out in front of you and be offering you things that you didn't even know you really wanted yet. And, and, you know, you you say that and you've given me two things, transparency as a director of tennis, you said, and flexibility. And here's the, you know, a lot of kids coming in don't get the flexibility, even at the clinic level. You have six people on a court, right? And you're teaching maybe a couple different levels and you see a couple of heads go down and I watch the pro and they don't change. They're not flexible. They keep to the same drill that they know. And the two heads stay down and you'll lose those two members. How do you mentor a kid like that? That's just into the industry. You are monitoring so, <laughs> yeah so 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 i get for years i've gotten flack well van why aren't you out on the court that's because i've got five pros out on the court and all i'm doing is going from court to court making sure that people on that court are upbeat positive they're having a good time the levels are correct or as correct as they can be and and that pro then is delivering uh, drills, games. I mean, every morning before we go out at nine o'clock, I have my guys there at eight fifty, and we have a three or four minute where okay, you're 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 going to court, you know, court five, court six, court seven, and they understand these courts a little bit. They understand oh, yeah. what they're getting themselves into. If it's the beginner court, if it's the less beginner court, the intermediate court, the less intermediate court, the advanced court, or the or the hyper advanced. Yeah. So they understand, and 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 another thing that I do a lot of is, is that I my ears. I have big ears, but my ears get really big at the end of clinics and the end of lessons. You make yeah. yourself available to membership, so you get a, you get a review right there: three star, four star, five star. I can't if I don't say five hundred times during season. How was it out there? Yeah. Have a good time, and so therefore, I, I think I mentioned this to you before. Um, they, on a Saturday morning, there'll be 150 people come to my tennis course, 125 people. Mm -hmm. yeah. I talk to every single one of them, whether they want to or don't. Transparency, <laughs> communication, I mean, that's just flexibility. If it's only hello, they know that I know they're there, and I know they're there. And, 
and, yeah. and and I think that that's really important at a, at a, at a, at a an upper end country club. I think that they appreciate that. I hope that they do. That's my style. It doesn't always work with everybody. Not everybody wants to talk. And and some of your employees aren't going to like how you mention them. And that's happened to me. So for example, I'm going to go back to Jupiter Island, but we both were there, right? And we used to have those ladies clinics four to a port. Remember those? And I said this this summer, I had a, I had someone actually who didn't see the value of getting to the club 15 minutes before she had to be on the court. And the first two times it happened, we I gave her kind of a, an awkward group on purpose, right? And I remember my my in my time at at, at Jupiter Island Club is we had Mrs. St. John. Do you remember oh, her? Oh, but yeah, Mrs. St. John, unfortunately, she's no longer with us. But oh. we would always know if we had Mrs. St. John because you had to change the her whole hair. clinic. Because you had, I mean, I'll say her folks, level was movement wise. She was, she couldn't move. She was 88 years old at the time. This is like 10 years ago. And you'd have two ladies who could move. And so you'd have to play with Mr. St. John the whole time. Right, and you'd have to come up with, you know. And so if you don't know that 15 minutes ahead of going on, you're kind of. Well, no, if you think you're winging it there, you're going to sink. Yeah. And then Bill pulls you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and you're not teaching like anymore. Well, you know, yeah. you know uh, I'll never forget it. I, 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 that J.I. story. Uh, yeah. So my first clinic was, uh, I don't know, we shouldn't mention names, but these, these ladies were very, very interesting. I think one was the founder of the J.I. Club and her family. I, I know exactly who you're talking about. And I'm just like, and and and, and it was Basically, Bill did something that I don't do to my state. I don't throw them to the wolves. I prepare them for the wolves, and so and so that was. And I learned that because I I sometimes would fail, and I'm like I'm a really good professional. I'm I find myself very empathetic to everybody's feelings on the court. I'm really trying my hardest to give them the best lesson possible and the best experience possible, and give them the most knowledge. And I'm I'm working really really hard in my lessons. And 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 I didn't always succeed no, no. when when I was thrown to those wolves. Hey, that's some of the toughest memberships. I mean, I've had tough memberships up and down the East Coast, and none of the, all of them, as you just said, everybody, every club has its own personality. That's true. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> that's funny. I'd like to welcome our first sponsor here at BeyondTheBaselines.com podcast, and that's Play by Court. PlayByCourt.com. Choosing the right technology partner is not an easy task. However, staying with the same outdated provider can be a costly decision. And with today's fast-changing environment, well, you need a partner that will help you adapt to the ever-growing needs of your members. At Play by Court, well, they provide the best technology solution customized for your club. With their app, your members can easily manage their profile. They, they can book courts, programs, lessons. They can pay. I asked Andre, show me the payment solutions. It's fantastic. And your members can communicate directly with members and you, the staff. So please go have a look at playbycourt.com and see what really matters most to your members. Your club, your rules, your software. Playbycourt.com. How many, you know, for directors or want to be directors, people coming up in the industry, how many, you said you don't spend a lot of time on the court. Do you have, do you limit yourself to a certain number when it gets really busy? You say, hey, I've hit 20, I'm done. Or do you, does it just, do you just have a feel for the, for the week? How many hours well, do you spend a week? Well, well, well I mean, I like, you, like we were just talking about staffing. We, I've got a staff that I've got to have happy. 
Right. And so and so I am deferring lessons that I can uh, to them. Um, and uh, and so therefore my workload isn't as high, but but getting back to that uh, personal touch that I would like to, to, to do to my members, uh, you know, I can't do that if I'm on the court. Right. So so unfortunately uh, or fortunate, really. I mean I, I, I get my staff busy and at the same time I feel like I can do a more important aspect of my job um but of course i i it's really weird in 30 years i probably have not given five hours of lessons that were requests like i always have somebody or me you find a time we find we we always make a lesson if somebody wants a lesson i feel that that is a privilege for me and my staff and I make it work. Are you old school book or are you on the computer? No, we're old. It's, it's, it's all changed. It's all changed. It's all changed. I think we, we've gone through the old school. Jay Jupiter Island is the old school with the books. Couldn't cross yourself out. You know, all those things. Those days, right? But... How do you do it? Well, we're, we're, we're implementing a system this year, which is very exciting, uh, where we're going to be more online in regards to access. We 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 do a lot of booking online, um, but but we're going to have a reservation system for the first time. The club is a, the club, like I said, it's a it's a great club. It's got I think we mentioned all those courts already. No, we haven't said how many. How many do you have? Oh, sorry, I've got, I've got seven grass. Now we have. We took a clay court away for pickle solution. Don't say that again. No, no, no. I don't have a problem with it. I, I was, I was all, all totally on board with it. I think that pickle is, in a, is a positive amenity to add to the members. In fact, I, I've been going over some data points with, with some of my friends that are in the business, and they're telling me things like, like, eighty-five percent of of. The pickle players are are people that they didn't see. Right. Only fifteen percent are tennis players, and so and, 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 and then ninety percent of them are golfers. People you never see on the tennis court. And ninety percent of them are golfers. Yeah. So I'm thinking that I'm going to see fifty to seventy-five people that I've never even knew were members of the club. Right. Or you know, I mean, I knew them or they know of me, of course, because we have a beautiful three hundred and fifty member club. It's a very nice with number with a golf course. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's so, beautiful. I come up. Well, so, where's my invite? Yeah, so, so, well, the grass is fun. So, so there's uh, seven grass, eight clay, and four pickle now. So, which is a now, really gonna, nice facility. You're going to hire a pickle only pro. Well, I'm going to I'm going to take the lead from my uh, from my tennis chairman and my committee in regards to we. I think we need to uh, feel out the first year. I think that they're that's the trend that I think that they would go to. And I and I don't know if I said this to you. I might have mentioned this on Pat's podcast. Yeah, she's doing bad things to her. It, it took me a long time to develop tennis skills and become a really good tennis player. I mean, a long time. I'm still learning. And, and, and we're still learning. And I'm still bumming me out. Hey, I'm getting through with my daughter down here, watching her try to roll over that ball. And learn, and it's learning as an adult. And I and I've experienced teaching, being trying to teach adults things, and that's why. If you notice any of my good players that I've taught as adults, they're 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 pretty flat. Because I think hitting the ball flat is first and foremost, and then you develop the nuances of spins. But that's another. Well, well, we you know, no, that's a great conversation to have because we grew up in the in the era. I, mean, I don't want to give our ages away, folks, but most of the people had sliced backhands when I was a kid. I played my best tennis with a Jack Kramer wood. Great, and and Jimmy Connors was the first. I mean, I was probably eleven or twelve when I first saw that two handed backhand. That was the first time people saw it, right? Yeah. Um, we, we hit the ball flat as kids. I still do. 
Yeah, I know. I hate it. <laughs> my uncle it comes is, right through. My uncle King is a, okay. the, the meanest. No, no, I, I, I be seen. King a lot of, of where I work in the bureau. He's there a lot. Um, He's pretty sad. So, so go back to your point. So you, you, you teach your students how to hit flat and then move into the spin? Yeah, because I say, because I, I can teach top spin or under spin in five minutes if, if they can make solid contact. No. But it's a, the issue is, is that you're teaching them spins before they can actually make solid contact, which is actually putting the horses, the cart in front of the horses, in my eyes. And, and, and so I've got I've got some techniques that I've developed over 30 years that are tried and true. I'll tell you what, here, can I ask, I'm going to go back to Honey and Crescent. When you got there or in the last couple of years, what's been your basic, biggest success? Is there a programming? I get lucky. No, no, there's a lot of thought that goes into Again, we, we've already touched on, you know, season, right? a group of people that, 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 that are looking for this. And then and then I'm really good at cultivating uh, people enjoying the game of tennis from a beginner standpoint. So so I'm, I'm, I'm always nurturing people when it comes to learning the game of tennis because it is it is a difficult. He's mentioned it a number of times already at this podcast. It is a difficult thing to to to, to develop your skill sets in and. And so what I try to do is, is again, make people want to be there, want to try. I, I'm a big advocate of you cannot fail if you're trying. And so, so there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, like I said, where they come off the court and they said, I played terrible. I said, no, that's the best I've ever seen you play. Well, and, and, and they don't believe you at first, but then you have to explain to them exactly what you mean. And then they still don't believe you because they think you're blowing smoke up their butt. But, but it's, a, it's a real balancing act. And, and, and I, it doesn't always work out with it, depending upon the personality again that I'm dealing with. Some people don't want to hear compliments. Some people, you know, it's, you have to read the, read the member. Read the member. And, you know, it, here's the other thing. You're still playing a lot. I mean, I, I know you just walked in here at the PGA from a, you just played. I can see you're, you're in your black shirt. You're looking a little, uh, uh, you know, I had to hit Nadal-esque. A few, I had a few mean shots. Today, that, that's good. Yeah. Flat, I'm sure. Well, different. I was different. I was. Different. But you're playing a lot this winter. And and, I, and is that going to affect, like, you're going to go up and play some more? Uh, uh, you know, do people every know, five gotta be, years gotta I, be fan? Every five years I get myself in shape. My club didn't know that I that I was a good tennis player until this year. They didn't? This year is the first year I played in front of them. Really? Yeah, I usually don't play in front of You get nervous. No, 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 don't no. Do don't, don't do it. I mean, I, 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 try to, I try to command respect because of the job that I'm doing, not because I hit an exceptional tennis player. But I had a kid there that was this year that was, you know, exceptional tennis player so i said you know hit 130 mile an hour serve at me i'm going to return it and and i learned how to do that against pete <laughs> but, this but, Pete Sanford. I, I started hitting the ball again and then people were just like oh my god you hit the ball and i'm like yeah that's what i've done for a long time in my life and and, I, and i'm pretty good at it but again i i do have I, I've always had issues um, when it comes to handling nerves. It's probably one of the reasons why I, I, I went to Wall Street instead of turning professional when I got out of college. Yeah, we didn't touch on that. We, we, for a listener, you know, Van went up to New York and, you know, in the business we call it white collar work. Uh, and you were on Wall Street for what, three, four years? Seven. Seven. And then he went back to tennis. Pat asked me to coach him. That's right. Yeah. So, and I looked at my boss and walked away from, you know, 
Okay. Yeah. A good job. A good, a decent and, and job. Pat was doing what at the time? Was he top Pat, 100? No, no, Pat was, Pat was, was you know, no, 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 no. Pat was, Pat was uh, probably, I think I started with him. He was like 80 or 80, 80 in the world. Getting into majors. My first tournament was uh, Adelaide. And then we went to the Australian Open. And uh, and then we, we really, he worked hard. He was a hard worker and he had a, a game style. And, and that exposure, I was with him. Till the end until '96, I started at '97. Right. He had a good run up to '96 Open. We had some really good times, and we we, we reminisce about them sometimes. But we talk uh, all the time about the game. We we were just texting about the next gen that was that's been on TV this week, and every every tournament uh, we, we we're talking about what's going on in, the, in regards to results and uh, and uh, but but that was a really good good exit out of Wall Street. Yeah. In regards to uh, an opportunity, I looked at my boss. I said, "I have an opportunity of a lifetime that I have to take advantage of." And he only, he said, "Listen, we'll do this for six months." How old were you at that time when you made right. that jump? Thirty-three. Interesting time, you know. Yeah, I was in. I was. I was poised to make a lot of money. Yeah. on Wall Street. On Wall Street. Yeah, no. And so I, 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 I put some time in, paid some dues, and and um, but but again, he. Well, here, here's the lesson for everyone out there, right? Is you never know where when an opportunity is going to come up and when you should take it and 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 never look back. Well, did. I didn't have any kids or why. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, it is so responsibility. Wide open, so so I feel lucky in that timing wise. It was a lucky, it's a good good timing. But uh, but you know he, I was like I was just saying a second ago. He he said we're going to do this for six months, and I'm going to. You're, I'm going to help. I'm going to pay for you. You know, I'm going to help you with plane fares. And we're going to stay at hotels, and I'm going to help you with food and like stuff like that. Like we're like going to see how it goes. So it was a little bit of a leap because, yeah, it's only because six months, but you've been these, for a long time. These relationships don't always work out, especially if you were you were friends. Right. You're, you're and right. now and now we were taking on a little bit more of a professional. No, no, he was he was the best man my way. Yeah, it was a terrible best. thing though that happened. Oh, yeah. he, he had his first Davis Cup match that way that weekend oh. against Switzerland. He went to he went to Switzerland to play Rogers. <laughs> That's a great story on your wedding weekend. Oh yeah, his wife was at my wedding singing. You know, she's a she's a Broadway star. She sang at my wedding and made up for his. I told him I said we don't need you anyway. <laughs> but no, it was, he had more he had bigger fish to fry and more important things to take care of. You know, he had a great run as Davis Cup captain and uh, had a lot of fun going to a lot of matches during those ten years. I think that he was. Uh, you know, he really, really had a lot of innovative ideas about how to bring the game realistically so that people truly got better and and there was and and really emphasized the merits of 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 what it means to to, to be the best that you can be. At Beyond the Baselines, we have over 25 years of experience with management of private members clubs and boutique resorts. Whether it's finding the inefficiencies caused by the blurring of roles between management and board governance, managing a single department, or educating and mentoring a key employee, we have served the private members club industry like no other consultancy since 2007. Partnering with club governing bodies and working alongside management, we bring a team of highly specialized 
specialized and experienced associates for that personal touch and hands-on management style to achieve long-term goals with short-term results. At Beyond the Baselines, we understand the traditions and importance of membership, but history and connections to a bygone era shouldn't inhibit growth. In fact, we believe they can be a catalyst for change. So please visit our website at beyondthebaselines.com or give us a call at 508-538-1288. That's 508-538-1288. So to sum up, Van, uh, great seeing you here. I mean, I'm glad I'm down at the BGA. This is a great spot. What's next on your agenda? You know, what's where's Van going to be in five years? Where, where, when, you know, I know this summer you've got uh, a great gig and you love it up there. It's your home island. No, I love the members. Uh, and you love the members. Members, yeah. members are important. Presently, you know, I mean, you go through ups and downs of this, but presently I feel like I'm, there's a good appreciation. I appreciate them and they appreciate me. And, uh, and, and that's really what tennis is about. Tennis is about respecting. And uh, I mean, I'm going off on a tangent here because I just love tennis so much. I think it's the greatest game. But what are you going to do with the winners? Because the winners, you kind of, I, I mean, you taught, you, you coached down at the uh, school down in South Carolina County. Yeah, in Oxbridge. Oxbridge. Academy, while, my, while my kids went there, yeah, that was good. But that's about three years past now, so. I'm um, I'm still enjoying myself in regards that my wife and I are going into a new stage of our life. Where the kids are out. Of we the have, we I have a senior and a junior in college. So we're, we're tuitions are coming to an end. Oh, oh, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. So yeah, they go to they, but they're, they're great. To come. They're great kids, and uh, they're really doing a fantastic mm-hmm. job. Um, so I, I feel tennis? blessed. Do they play tennis? Um, yeah, Alan. Alan's a, at Catholic University. He plays tennis on the team, and uh, Alexa is is. Alan always says Alexa has more talent in her pinky than he does in his whole body because she was very good. And, I remember hitting with her. She was she 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 had a natural find the ball sweet spot yeah. thing going on. That that that, that, that all exceptional players have and then they decide whether they want to develop the skills to to to, to make it come to fruition, but. But she, I hit with her the other day, and it was just amazing. It's amazing. I can't the ball as hard as I can at her, and she just loves it. She just strikes, smooths it back. But she's going to enjoy tennis as she grows older. But she decided at 13 that she didn't want to play, and no pressure there. Alan, and, and now, yeah, he, he, it, well, both of them, it's like riding a bike. They'll, yeah. they'll have it for the rest of their lives. I've been able to talk to them since they were little. Social. Getting to your question, I'm, I'm hoping that have my marriage continue to thrive <laughs> and, and 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 tony she is the best thing that ever happened to me so i'm very very excited about you know spending more time with her uh and and, and during the off seasons uh, i want to continue to go up and uh, help programs grow help people get better in tennis that's what truly my my passion and calling as I feel in regards to explaining this great game, this complicated game. Maybe we'll find you an interim director during the winter somewhere, you know, I, you know, I never know. Well, I mean, again, I'm, you know, I, I can definitely, I'm up, I'm up for people who are interested in learning tennis. I'll come to a court near that many times. Ben, thanks for having, uh, being here and, and I would love to have you on the, on the, on the podcast. Oh, it was my pleasure, Ed. It's always a pleasure to see you, brother. Thanks a lot. Man. Thank you for listening to BeyondTheBaselines.com podcast. It's a pleasure bringing you each week's news and views and great guests from our tennis, fitness, and country club industries. You can always reach the team here at BeyondTheBaselines at gmail.com or on the phone at 508-538-1288. Please do visit our website at www.BeyondTheBaselines.com which is updated regularly with even more information for you, your club, or your facility. See you again soon.